soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guests' spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. I've got a talented musician and songwriter with me today for Song of the Soul, Kevin McMullen. Kevin widely shares his musical talents all over the upper Midwest, sometimes individually, but also often in collaboration with groups like Duck for the Oyster and Take Three with Randy Sabine or in other configurations. Whether it's fiddle, piano, or guitar, Kevin's a delight with a fine eye and ear for music that stirs the soul and moves the feet. Kevin, thanks so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. Well, it's good to be here, Mark. Thanks for inviting me. I've known you now, Kevin, for quite a few years. I don't remember when I first was exposed to Duck for the Oyster. How long has Duck for the Oyster been going, and how long have you been going musically, producing all of your various forms of music? Uh, it's actually kind of <clears throat> funny. You should ask. A Duck for the Oyster is about to celebrate its 20th anniversary, 2009. So we're we're in the process of coming up with events to celebrate that. I've been a professional musician, gosh, I guess 25 years or longer. And Kevin, are you a full-time musician? Have you been a full-time musician for these 25 years, or is your wife supporting you? No, I'm a, I'm a full-time musician. I mean, we both we both have jobs, we both have incomes, and it seems to have all worked out in, in the end. 
You've done a lot of musical collaboration, I think, over the years. Certainly, Duck for the Oyster is one of the ways you collaborate. You do stuff on your own. Uh, you're a storyteller out there in the world. Uh, t- tell me about what you do in the public schools or other things that you do your storytelling and music for. The name of the game is versatility in this business. So you you do lots of things, um, and that that's what I do. I try to make myself as hireable as possible. So I do a lot of works in in schools. My work in libraries. I play with several different bands. In addition to Duck for the Oyster, I, Randy, Sabine, and I play together from time to time, and play with another group called Take Three. I fill in with a, I don't know, handful of other bands as needed, and then I do the solo stuff. So I've played at storytelling festivals or told at storytelling festivals, concerts. I do one-man shows, uh, workshops, private functions, weddings, parties, tire changes, all of those things. And you live up in Serona, Wisconsin, which everybody knows exactly where that is. Having started out in the Chicago area, doesn't that decrease your listening audience that's within an easy drive? Yeah, the number of people within a short drive is smaller than it would have been in Chicago. Or Actually, we, we lived in Seattle for a couple of years before we moved to, to Serona. On the other hand, um, it's not in the Chicago area, which is just a big plus we were pretty committed to wanting to live in a, a more rural area with a little bit closer to the land kind of ethic, a place where we could have a garden and see you know, the natural world around us. So it, it feels good where we are. Eau Claire is a short drive. Uh, the Twin Cities is a short drive. Duluth is a short drive. And actually, I get a fair amount of work from lots of little towns, small-town libraries, small-town schools. So... I'm not sure that I would be doing a lot less traveling if I lived in a a more urban area because I'd still be going out to other places. I imagine if your travel was around Chicago, to travel five miles might take you your 45 minutes that it'll take you to drive down to Eau Claire or something. You like the natural world. I mean, that's one of the things that drew you to Serona and to this area. Is this a special part of your life? I mean, are you a real outdoor person, or is this uh, kind of deep in your heart? Yeah, it is. I think one of the first big projects that I you know, sort of chose to take on when my daughter left, I think all of us have that moment when our kids leave, you know, oh, my God, what am I going to do with my life now? And maybe part of it was just to escape the grief of her leaving, but I launched myself into writing theatrical productions, and I wrote and produced, helped produce, three environmental musicals. We live right next to the Hunt Hill Audubon Sanctuary. Good neighbors and and a fabulous resource for learning and exploring the other neighbors (laughs) that we have around us, um, the various life forms. And that's become increasingly an important part of my life. I think that I wanted to explore... When I started writing those musicals, a new kind of mythology. We we have myths of old were created at the time to explain the natural world around us and explain what it meant to us. Now we have science to explain the natural world around us, but it doesn't explain what it means to us. As an artist, one of the jobs I think of is 
is to take what we know about the natural world and give it meaning, you know, make it make it make sense so that it's more than just a fact. The uh, first song that uh, I had in mind when you asked me about this show was a song by David Carter, the late David Carter. He was a great poet, and uh, I think he just did a, a fabulous job of, of doing exactly that. He He's... Uh, sort of encapsulated evolution in four verses uh, and uh, and imbued it with some meaning. I think the song you're referring to is called The Gentle Arms of Eden. And one of the things that struck me about this is a beautiful song. I'm really glad you introduced me to it. But one of the things that struck me about this song is his use of the word goddess in there. Goddess rock me in the gentle arms of Eden as part of the chorus. For some people, that'll be a surprising thing. You know, it's it's God's supposed to rock. You know, the goddess is the one that rocks us. How does this relate to your spirituality? How does this relate to how you conceive of the the big thing, the big picture? Well, there's lots of interesting little dissonances in this song because, of course, you have Eden, which is a, a Judeo-Christian you know concept, and then you have this goddess you know rocking you in the gentle arms of Eden, and then you have you know, basically evolution, you know, straight Darwinian evolutionary theory kind of all laid out at once. And I think that for me, what, you know, how do I relate to this in a spiritual sense is uh, you take what works, (laughs) you know. I mean, if a goddess works for you, go with it. You know, if if it's uh, a god, you know, go with that. I mean, you you take uh, what's going to work for you. So that's what I like about it. And I like just about everything about it. The song is Gentle Arms of Eden by David Carter and performed here by David Carter and Tracy Grammer. On a sleepy, endless ocean, when the world lay in a dream, there was rhythm in the splash and roll, but not a voice to sing. So the moon fell on the breakers, and the morning warmed the waves, till a single sail did jump and hum for joy as though to say, This is my home. This is my only home This is the only sacred ground that I've ever known Should I stray in the dark night alone Rock me goddess in the gentle arms of Eden Then the day shone bright and rounder Till the one turned into two And the two into ten thousand things And old things into new and on some virgin beachhead one lonesome critter crawled And he looked about and shouted out in his most astonished drawl This is my home, this is my only home This is the only sacred ground that I've ever known Should I stray in the dark night alone Rock me goddess in the gentle arms of Eden was carpet green and the wary children of the woods went dancing in between and the people sang rejoicing when the fields were clad with grain this song a celebration from their cities on the plain this is my home this is my only home 
Is this the only sacred ground I've ever known? Should I stray in the dark night lone rocky goddess in the gentle arms of Eden? Now there's smoke across the harbor And there's factories on the shore And the world is ill with greed and will An enterprise award But I will lay my burdens In the cradle of your grace And the shining beaches of your love And the sea of your embrace This is my home This is my only home This is the only sacred ground That I've ever known Should I stray in the dark night lone Rocky got us in the gentle arms of Eden Rocky got us in the gentle arms of Eden Awesome song, Gentle Arms of Eden, written by David Carter and performed with Tracy Grammer. Is this a song that you could or would perform? Could we put you on the piano here and had you perform this or on the guitar? I do perform it with my group Take Three, actually. It's part of our show. We do this. Um, that's uh, Take Three is myself and Tom Drawn, who's a guitar player from the Ashland area. He's actually the, the new guitar player for Deck for the Oyster. And a woman named Lisa McGinley, who's uh, out of the Big Tops stable of artists. And uh, the three of us have uh, this little trio, and we do a number of songs, and uh, The Gentle Arms of Eden is one of them, so, yeah. And Kevin, you moved up to Sirona from, I guess you moved there from Seattle. Was it hard for you to move to the Northland? I mean, Seattle's a very temperate climate versus a place where you get real winter. Was this a, a tough adjustment for you, or did Chicago prepare you for northern Wisconsin? No. <laughs> But fortunately, I lived in Minnesota for a couple of years in high school, and that more prepared me for northern Wisconsin. But the first year that I lived here was the winter of 83-84, which is by far the harshest winter that I've experienced since I've been here. We had five feet of snow on the ground before January 1st, and there were 29 consecutive days in January where the temperature never got above zero degrees Fahrenheit. You know, that was my first winter. But you know, growing up in Minnesota or spending those two years in Minnesota, I did learn to appreciate the idea of the coming of winter. You know, as, as something to be welcomed. You know, rather than dreaded. I think that for a lot, you know, Midwesterners, particularly upper Midwesterners, we really appreciate the whole change of seasons thing, you know, the way the world recreates itself every three months or so. And there's something particularly, I mean, in the fall you have, it's, it's like within a two-week period, you know, you see these leaves change color and you watch this daily change happen over a two-week period. And, and in the spring, you know, you have the flowers come out and that happens over several weeks. But there's something about that first snowfall, which just within hours completely transforms the world. Your whole outlook on the world changes with that crystallization, literal crystallization. That's, that's kind of a, a magic thing. And I, when I wrote First Snow, which is actually a fairly recent song, I was hearkening back to 
some of the first winters that I had spent uh, getting to know my wife, or she wasn't my wife then, but we met each other in the fall and, and sort of were getting to know each other right around that first snow. Can we have you step over to the piano here and play it for us? I'd love to. Let me just uh, flex my fingers a little bit here and sit down. The air is very still. Silence holds a chill. There's no moon, not a star in the sky. Breath becoming mist. Night is being kissed. Waiting for the snow to fall They float from sky to ground Gently settle down In your hair They are stars in the night Crystals on the breeze Covering the trees Everything I know has been changed All of the world seemed the same to me It was a dream till you came to me Slumbering so deep All my life I've been asleep Dark and swirling light For all that's left of sight Heaven's fallen in a quiet song The angels touch our skin Where cold and warm begin And everything on earth has been changed same to me It was a dream till you came to me and made me laugh and weep My whole damn life I've been That fine song was by Kevin McMullen, who's my guest today for Song of the Soul. And, of course, he performed this one live. Uh, do you have that on any recordings of yours? No, uh, not yet. Like I said, that's a, that's a fairly recent composition. I am going to be doing it. Randy and, uh, and I and several other musicians are doing a kind of a Christmas thing this Saturday. So that'll be kind of a full band version of that. Uh, and I'm hoping to... Maybe if I can get there, the engineer to, to kind of cut me a little recording off of that, I can have something I could work with for online. But I haven't gone into the studio with that one yet. I'm curious about your background, religiously, spiritually, where you come from. Now, I know it's Chicago, but that doesn't tell me everything about you. What was the background? I think your wife's Jewish raised, right? Yeah, my wife is Jewish. Karen is Jewish. I am uh, the son of a preacher man. <laughs> Um, and my father, in 1957, was looking for a church. He was actually asked to leave the church that he had been serving in Little Rock, Arkansas, 
because of his ministry of racial equality, uh, which wasn't going over very well in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas in 1957. He started looking for another church, and the church that he found was offered to him by the United Christ Missionary Society, which had taken over a church on the west side of Chicago. And that was a church in uh, an area that was rapidly becoming all black, but it was an all-white church. And the United Christ Missionary Society wanted my dad to integrate the church. This is in 1957. (laughs) So, you know, that's what they wanted. The church was not as excited by the idea as the United Christ Missionary Society was. So it was, uh, I grew up in a church that was going through that struggle. First black family did, you know, start going to that church. They actually became very good friends of ours and sort of grew up with my natural born family and that other family as, you know, the I guess, the gentle arms that I was rocked in. The church worked very hard to try to hold that community together, but they failed. It was not in the stars. The the tide of history was totally against them. So I I spent uh, the first seven years of my life watching a community fail, fall apart. Um, And I think that informed my life as much as anything. I learned firsthand the importance of finding and establishing and maintaining and nourishing community. And that's the song of my soul. When I first heard Chris Williamson sing that song, I think that what really drew me was not even so much the words. And I was working at a radio station, so I got the advanced copy from the record company out in California. I think it was Olivia. And, you know, I, I you know, it was queuing it up at the college radio station and I heard that song and and it was the sound of all of those people singing the chorus together in joyous unity. That was a community of people and that just reached me.
obviously Song of the Soul, theme song for my program for the last three and a half years. And it obviously speaks deeply to Kevin McMullen, which is why he chose it for his Song of the Soul today. Very thankful to Chris Williamson for inspiring us with that song. I think there's all kinds of people all over the world who carry that. Uh, it's, it's one of the uniform things when people tune into my show. They say, that theme music is so beautiful. Who is that? Uh, it's just so great. You were with a radio station at the college you went to. Where was that? I went to college at Northwestern University in Evanston, and I worked for WNUR, uh, the radio station there, uh, on the folk show. So this is folk music era. You're you're on the tail end of it, I think. You're close to my age, I think. So the music you play with Duck for the Oyster, you know, it's kind of old-time, kick up your heels, uh, have a square dance-type music frequently. You also have do international folk dance music. Some of the songs that you've chosen, even for your Song of the Soul, I know are like old time. It's like Broadway. It, it, do you like anything current? <laughs> you know, there was a, um, if, if people who are from Chicago, um, particularly if people are, I guess, a certain segment of Chicago, there, there's a radio station there called WFMT, which used to, that's this radio station that Studs Terkel used to broadcast out of. Um, he had a weekly show there. But they also had a, a regular show, which they would broadcast and then once a week and then rebroadcast on, on Wednesday nights. But uh, the Wednesday afternoons, they rebroadcast it. But Saturday night at 10 o'clock or 10.30, I guess it was maybe, it's called a Midnight Special. And I used to listen to that every week. And it was this amalgamation. Uh, WFMT almost all the time was a classical music station. I mean, they played... You know, live concerts in the Chicago Symphony, Lyric Opera, all of that stuff. But the Midnight Special was this amalgamation of Broadway show tunes and old-time folk music and jazz standards. I mean, it was just every kind of music you could imagine. And they would a lot of times they would hang a theme. You know, they would be you know it would be like doctors or or you know they'd come up with something when they you know they'd bring stuff from all these different genres of music, you know, around that. And and I think that I must have picked up my, uh, a bit of musical sluttiness <laughs> from listening to that show. Because I just, I like all kinds of, you know, all different kinds of music. Even, I, I've been known to rock out. That's where, actually, the Chicago area, Michael Smith, is, which I think is the, you know, the next song that I have on my list. This is because of the good segue. Michael Smith is, a, is an Illinois songwriter. So I got exposed to him, or at least you know, his songs. Yeah, you hear a lot of his songs done by other people. Claudia Schmidt has done you know, a few Michael Smith songs. 
lots of people know his songs but don't know him as a as an artist but uh, i just love this song the last day of pompeii it just uh, <laughs> it says a lot about living life for the moment
love would be different If I knew them what I know now My life would be different My love would be different If I knew them what I know now My life would be man My wife would be I knew them what I know now That was the last day of Pompeii. Michael Peter Smith performing it there for us. You say, Kevin, that something about the song captures you. Is it the hedonistic side of it that particularly calls to you? You know, some people think if you're not on the straight and narrow that you must be one of the people your mother tells you to avoid. We are the people our parents warned us about, right? <laughs> you know... I am not by nature, you know, in, in the classical sense, I'm not, I'm not hedonistic and I don't have, I, really that's not true. I, I have lots of pleasures. I indulge myself. I'm very self-indulgent. But the, the pleasures that I indulge in are not typically considered vices. So, you know, I don't smoke. I don't, I don't do a lot of drinking. But what really appeals to me about that song is the little humorous reminder of how fragile it all is you know that you know we go through our life sort of deluding ourselves into this sense of permanence you know that well, this is what i did today this is what i'm going to do tomorrow and this is the way it's always going to be and and at and at any moment you know i mean and the sword of damocles is there is hanging over all of our heads and life can change for any of us in an instant i think that's a really important thing to remember and I like the way that that song does that. Well, clearly, in The Last Day of Pompeii, Michael Smith says, maybe I should have sinned more, may have had more party time. Yeah, I sent back that steak, yeah. And with that in mind, some people think that, well, yeah, you know, if I, if I knew I was going to die tomorrow, it makes a big difference if what you think then the next day after you die, that's when you go before the throne of judgment. I take it that's not part of your view, that there's going to be some uh, god or goddess standing up there uh, calling the sheep and the goats and saying, hey, you had too much fun, uh, so in the afterlife we're going to put you on work duty. You know, My dad used to get in all kinds of trouble by preaching universal salvation from the pulpit. He, one Sunday... Uh, somebody got up during the announcement section where people, you know, my dad asked, does anybody have any announcements? And he, this guy got up and gave a rebuttal to, <laughs> to a sermon that he had given the week before. I've talked to people who, oh, you know, they've told me if I didn't believe in hell, I'd be living my life way differently than I am right now. There's something to me inexpressibly sad about that. We are born into this world... And there's so much here. I mean, there's, gosh, there's so much that we can do, so many things that we can explore, so many people that we can get to know. I woke up one day um, with this song going through my head that, that we're about to play. You know, it was a dream. I had this woman was singing it at a piano, and she was like this, I don't know, it's almost like, I don't know if she was in a bar in my dream, but it was, you know, like it almost kind of had a little lounge piano style and, and just singing this lament about here we are given this wonderful life, this beautiful time on earth, which may be long or it may be short, and to spend it worrying about what happens after we die just seems like a, 
horrible waste. On the other hand, I think it would be a good use of our time to listen to Paradise Lost. And this is a version that's performed by Kevin McMullen along with Randy Sabine. at last we close our eyes too fast yearning for a heaven where the milk and honey flow we're turning from a life that we may never come to know we've been searching for the garden for so long holding the dream so strong We hedge our bets and tell ourselves the check is on the way Hoping that tomorrow will be better than today Praying in the end there'll be no end No pain No cause And before it's over paradise is lost That was off of a CD called Cap a Cup of Dreams by Randy Sabine and Kevin McMullen. And that was the song Paradise Lost. Yeah, and actually, I don't think Randy was performing on that one. And, and you'll notice that voice definitely wasn't Randy. <laughs> um, that's Prudence Johnson sang with us in a couple of cuts there. She does a really nice job. I agree. It's an incredible voice she's got there. And musically, I, I actually haven't ever watched her play. She's not local, is it? Where is she located? Oh, well, she's relatively local. She lives in the Twin Cities. 
you know, a couple of these songs that you've exposed us to here. One of them's kind of jazzy, and the other is kind of old time. That, that last one I would have described as a old show tune. You know, it's kind of a early something on Broadway. I don't know. I think you're into classical music, as you said. Your uh, musical sluttiness. Are you into really all forms of music? How about country music? Yeah, I have to admit, I can get into particularly the, you know the old country. There's I spent about three years as a sideman doing the bar scene with a country artist. So you know I was playing the old uh, Loretta Lynn, Patsy Cline, Jim Reeves, all of those old old standards. And there are country artists today that I can, you know, sink my teeth into. Uh, I can get into the Dixie Chicks, kind of a nice rocky country. Uh, Myris Dement is sort of got a little country twang to her folksiness. She's our next artist, and I think this was like one of the first songs I ever heard by her, and it really captured me. I think this sort of really made me... Uh, an Iris fan, because I just loved the sentiment about letting mystery stay in the search, being content to to let there be mystery there. I, I like that. Well, then let me try and nail you down about what you mean by <laughs> letting the mystery be. I am curious. You had this upbringing, which is a variety of Christianity, which includes universal salvation, which a lot of people don't really understand. You, the uh, Unitarian Universalists, the Universalist side of that was people who believed that in the end, after we die, all of us get to go to heaven. What happened to you since that early upbringing? Your father changed, he went a different road. You're still a pastor's kid, which is a, a burden for some people. <laughs> Where did you go religiously, spiritually? Do you have a community, an identity, uh, something that you can pass on to anyone else? One of the things my, I will always be eternally grateful to my father for is that in high school he began taking me around to different churches and exposing me to different religious experiences and I continued kind of doing that in college you know so those those people that would approach you you know on the street and ask you to come to this particular event or that particular celebration from all of these fringe religious groups that most people would walk away from you know I, I would go to those and, and just see what was going on so I had a, a lot of great experiences and I ended up actually sitting at the Zen Temple in Chicago for a few years while I was in college there. I took some Eastern religion courses in college, and there's a lot about Buddhism that I think really that really speaks to me, I guess. I'm not sure. I guess I would call myself maybe a, a Zen pagan or something. Um, I'm interested in being open to a greater consciousness. I think that we've all had the experience of feeling, you know, these moments come where we feel like we're 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 just a little piece of something bigger than us, and and we feel, uh, you know, that presence of that something, of you know, whatever you want to call it, and I guess I'd like, I'd like more of that. I guess that's that's sort of a you know it describes it as best as I can. 
I wish that I was sharing that with a community on a more regular basis. Um, one of the disadvantages of living in a rural area is, is that you don't have the opportunity to meet with spiritually like-minded people if your spirituality is, you know, at all out of the mainstream. That sounds like in your practice, your personal practice, your personal belief, you're open to that idea of the mystery, which is exactly what Iris Dement is inviting us to do, and what she says she's doing. Let the mystery be. Everybody is wondering what and where they all came from. Everybody is worrying about where they're going to go in the whole thing's done. Some say you rest in the arms of the Savior if in sinful ways you lack. Some say that they're coming back in a garden, bunch of carrots and little sweet peas. I think I'll just let the mystery be. Everybody is wondering what and where they all came from. Everybody is worrying about where they're going to go. was Let the Mystery Be by Iris Dement. And you know, Kevin, one of the things that struck me, we were talking earlier about things that just don't seem to fit together. It's like, when I hear country music, I expect to hear, Jesus is the way, and this is the way you should go. And it's so interesting for me, it was a, a, this does not compute, when I hear Iris Dement saying, no, let's not nail it down. Beautiful song. Thanks for sharing that. I think I'd like to end up with you performing one more song. Can you pick one out and tell us why you'd like to share it today? Uh, you've got your guitar here, and I think we should put it to use. Okay, well, this is a, um, also fairly within the last three or four years ago, five years ago maybe, I wrote this song. Uh, it's called Gravelly Ground. You know, I just, I just wrote it. 
And I didn't have preconceptions about what the song was about. I, I kind of really went for just writing words that sounded like they would fit. I guess it was my, my attempt to be Bob Dylan or something. I don't know. After I wrote it, I began you know, thinking about what this song might be about. And somewhere around that time, this guy, there was this guy that kind of flew through our town who wanted to make a movie using the people of Spooner, Wisconsin, and the sites around Spooner, Wisconsin. And um, he has this company that he actually does that. He, you know, he goes, finds small towns, and they hire him. And he writes a script that fits in the small town, uses places and hallmarks of the town. And, and then he uses local actors and puts these movies together. And actually, they're you know, they're pretty good, full-length movies. So I got asked to score the film. The movie is called Grace, and it was about accepting things that are just kind of given to you with, without explanation and without expectation, you know, without, there's no sense of deserving, you know, it's just, it's grace. It struck me that that, you know, in a little way, that was kind of what Gravelly Ground is about. It's It's sort of... And, you know, maybe even a little bit more about, you know, we all get through this life, really, flying by the seat of our pants because none of us have done this before. <laughs> you know, if we have, we don't remember it. <laughs> so we're we're learning as we go. And we get through it because we have these sort of unique opportunities that come unlooked for and, some, you know, lots of times unseen. Um, but if if we just were aware enough, we would see them. You know, we would see the those opportunities and we're able to kind of finesse our way through the difficulties um, so I decided that that's what this, this song is about Love comes up from the gravelly ground Love shoots out to the sky They're throwing a party for old Mr. Wen and he keeps waving goodbye he keeps waving goodbye The preachers are praying And people are saying The catcher was caught in the rye They ain't gonna catch That catcher at all Unless they can catch on the fly Love comes up from the gravelly ground Love shoots out to the sky They're throwing a party For old Mr. Wen and he keeps waving goodbye He keeps waving goodbye I must be an oldie My doctor done told me You're done being born when you die And getting to heaven Might not be so hard You never know till you try Love comes up from the gravelly ground Love shoots out to the sky they're throwing a party for old Mr. Wen And he keeps waving goodbye He keeps waving goodbye You shovel the coal in, the train keeps on rolling The whistle blows loud, long and high Somebody's leaving to start a new life And somebody's breathing a sigh Love comes up from the gravelly ground Love shoots out to the sky They're throwing a party for old Mr. Wen And he keeps waving goodbye He keeps waving goodbye 
Grace is a dancer, and grace is an answer, and grace is the only reply. Grace will sneak up on tiptoe, and then grace hits you smack in the eye. Love comes up from the gravelly ground. Love shoots out to the sky. They're throwing a party for old Mister Wen, and he keeps waving goodbye. He keeps waving goodbye. Fingers are licking, and all of them chickens look at the pot and they cry. Mittens are lost, and mittens are found, and thanks, but we'll pass on the pie. Love comes up from the gravelly ground. Love shoots out to the sky. They're throwing a party for old Mister Wen, and Laurel and Hardy are at it again. If he didn't start, he won't get to the end, and he keeps waving goodbye. Thanks, Kevin. That was gravelly ground. Kevin got good use out of his guitar here today. And uh, I'm sure, Kevin, that you have a lot more programs coming up real soon. I assume they can find them on your website, kevinmcmullen.com, right? Yep. I try to keep that schedule current and up to date. People want to get in touch with me and get on an email list. They can do that through the website, too. It's www.kevinmcmullen.com. And I know it's always a challenge when people have to spell a name. McMullen doesn't seem like one of the more difficult ones. But if you have any questions, folks, come to my site, northernspiritradio.org, and I'll have a link to Kevin's site. You can also track through his site links to Duck for the Oyster, the group that he's part of, and I suppose the other folks that you perform with. And they can order your CDs and just probably see beautiful pictures of you too, right, Kevin? They can see pictures of me, how beautiful they are. I don't know if I won't, if I won't vouch for that. But yeah, you can get you can get links to uh, Randy and information about my other bands, all at that same site. It's been great having you here today, Kevin. Keep up the good music, and I look forward to more times with you soon. And dancing with Duck for the Oyster in May in Eau Claire. We've got the date on the calendar. So thank you, Mark. It's been great to have me here, and I appreciate it. That was Kevin McMullen, my guest for today's Song of the Soul. Remember to check him out at kevinmcmullen.com. The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a song of the soul. And-